graffiti and pizza and chicken for $5.99 each. Oh, it's like one of those coupon deal things. Actually, here's the funny thing. We didn't, it cost us nothing. Oh, you got the free pizza thing? Nope. Someone did their job wrong. Mm? So my dad texted me while he was uh, on the way to go pick it up because I ordered it in. He was coming back from somewhere. So he grabbed it while he was on his way home. And he asked me, hey, did you pay for it? Do you need me to pay for it? And I said, uh, I said it to pay at store or whatever. And so they handed him the pizzas and they didn't ask for payment or anything like that. So in his head, he's just thinking like, okay, maybe I just read that text wrong or whatever. Mm -hmm. No, I, there's no charge to my Wells Fargo account. Dad didn't get asked to pay money. And he felt bad because he's like, shoot, I just like accidentally took these pizzas. I mean, they technically gave them, but he still felt kind of bad. But yeah, we I got my dinner for free from Domino's because you know some lady didn't ask for ask for the money that she was rightfully due. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't the manager. Well, no, hopefully it was the manager. Yeah. Because she's not about to fire herself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, who's getting fired over a pizza and some chicken? Anybody when the manager's having a bad day. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I guess you just have to make sure you catch the manager on a good day then. <laughs> the manager down by our house uh, has some problems. But, like, when you go in there and they're borderline crying while taking your order and you feel like a piece of garbage, <laughs> oh, like, no. could I get somebody else? Because I don't want to make you cry by ordering too complicated an order. <laughs> like, you you clearly shouldn't be here right now. And then That's watches actually funny. because she's, like, super hungover. Not because she's sad. She just, like, has a headache. Yeah. That'd be... But, anyways. Shall we uh, get into this bad boy? Let's get into this. Welcome to the Deep Fried Gaming Podcast, a podcast focusing on games and game news. We do new games, old games, reviews, roasts, and retrospectives. I am one of your hosts, Josh. And I am the other one, RJ. Today, we are taking a dive into the sequel of a game we've already played. Now, this game revolves around an overly dramatic group of fully grown adults who don't know how to deal with basic human emotions and decide to isolate themselves for 20 years in self-pity, requiring an actual 10-year-old to drag them out of their delusions because despite possessing the ability to fix their own problems, it's much easier to complain about mental health and waste the majority of their lives drinking heavily and playing chess in Anchorman's glass case of emotions. Ironically, the pH level of my mental health is a little acidic due to this game, which is none other than Psychonauts 2. Oh man, I did not know when we played Psychonauts 1 almost a month ago that it would end with us playing Psychonauts 2, especially after how dreadful of a time I had with 1. But yeah. I just... on And you, those of you listening may be surprised to find that I was the one who suggested we do Psychonauts 2. I was, <laughs> I, I'm still surprised by that, by the uh, way. We were playing God of War <laughs> for the previous episode that dropped, and I don't know what happened, but I got kind what of happened? frustrated with it or something like that. And on a whim... I was like, oh, I wonder if Psychonauts 2 gave it those much needed quality of life updates. I'll just see if like the first chapter has anything of interest. And I immediately, I immediately uh, enjoyed the facelift, literally, <laughs> and <laughs> it kind of got sucked into the rest and then demanded that Josh and I cancel the game after God of War and replace it with Psychonauts 2 as a which i think fun little back to back so we did our calendar like three months in advance so we knew exactly what we were going to do and i think slotted into this episode was it was the uncharted oh yeah but 
but I made <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> we wanted to play the PC version of it because it's a new kind of release. And we wanted to see the the, the facelift. Apparently, it's not releasing on PS5 slash PC simultaneously. And I didn't realize that until like two weeks before. So we had to delete that and do something else. And since we just finished Psychonauts, we were like, you know what? Let's just wrap up the series and do Psychonauts yeah. too. Yeah. It'd be a nice little back-to-back. Because even though yeah. it's been, what, almost 20 years between the releases of the two games, we're kind of playing it more in the timeline of the of the game instead of the yeah. release schedule, which is kind of funny. Um, that was kind of interesting to me how how close these games actually are to each other. I mean, the Rhombus of Ruin is like is the the, the day between the two of them, pretty much. Yeah, there isn't this six months later kind of thing. It's a very continuous full story, which I appreciated. So yeah, let's. Uh, we have a a lot to say about this game. Most of it inhabiting the story side of it, but. There are still some substantial things about the rest of the game that are worthy of note. So let's just get into them then. Uh, visually speaking, Josh, uh, I loved the uh, fact that all of the characters didn't look like literal stroke victims. When I said <laughs> facelift, I meant that literally. The new and updated graphics makes it so that they actually look like they have skin and facial features as opposed to just pushing in around a piece of hideous clay with these terrible colors and lopsided features. Granted, some of the art style did remain somewhat the same, but it did look much, much more soft on the eyes, at least for someone like me. Your thoughts? Uh, well, I think the character models are basically the same. In other words, there are plenty of stroke victims, and those... Are pretty hideous i i didn't mind the art style of the first one but some of these character designs did rub me the wrong way two in specific like forsyth didn't like her at all she had an absurdly weird body type <laughs> and facial structure it's it's like the, like the hourglass thing but the top and bottom of the hourglass are massive in the middle you could, i could literally with my tiny hands i could wrap my forefinger and thumb around it <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's so absurdly out of whack. So all the more humanoid ones I thought were okay, but there were some, there were some hideous characters yeah, here. Yeah, there there and are they didn't some. Really bother me in the first one. I think the HD actually made it worse for me because it's like, what in the world is going on here, dude? This kid got hit by a train. Yeah. You got much worse problems than <laughs> yeah. the fact that I mean, your mother didn't talk to you for a year. Here's the deal: like the eyes, there was like lots of eyes being misaligned and lopsided and stuff like that, but. There were lots of mostly humanoid looking characters. Many of them looked like they would come out of like a Pixar film or something like that, which I obviously am pretty fine with. There were some outliers such as Ford Crawler, whose face looks as lopsided and hideous as ever, but it, it looks, like, looks somebody, like a face. It looks like somebody stuck Ford Crawler's face into the Super Mario 64 title screen and just like hacked it so they could put 15 hands and like twist them like a window. <laughs> and then screenshotted it right when they have and all just the screenshot hands it pulling in different in different directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a age thing maybe. Who knows? Well, I, maybe it's just the fact that the, the older games did have that style. So any recycled characters or things like that, they have to do that style. Well, I'm sure with. he would have done the same thing because it, it is all part of his creative process, I'm sure. 
Uh, lopsided features is not is not a a result of old hardware. That's that's a result of a style choice that I'm sure he consciously made. Yeah, but then again, there's a lot of characters that didn't have those at all. Like any pretty much most of the NPCs, the non like central to this story characters were pretty humanoid looking. Like they were other than skin color people that you would find most anywhere. But, you know, I I really didn't mind it as bad. I think like I said, it it softened the frustrations of the first game that I had because it actually looked like they had skin too which was nice even if it was a different color <laughs> than what was normal but that was the other weird thing too is that some people have normal skin tones others have purple others have green it's very yeah. odd you notice how they always though they always say ah oh, we are human beings and I'm like are you are you <laughs> yeah, I've never seen one like you before I've never Not seen one that's with purple skin before this kid is 10 years old and four foot four making me look like a giant yeah other yeah. <laughs> main point on the visuals was the world crafting and I think this one did just as well as the previous game in terms of crafting a world and making it look oh, beautiful yeah. and unique I think every single one had their own unique visual elements that kind of added a touch to the world and made it that psyche's individual space the lights and the reflections all looked nice the water was pretty good there's plenty of goofy little details in all of the worlds and there's attention to detail in the world building so from that point visually speaking no complaints unless you have something no no complaints man this is the this is the best part of psychonauts the the creativity that goes into these worlds and crafting them and the reflections of the the human hosts yeah. i guess uh there's there's not really any complaints here they're all gorgeous and i'm curious did you have well a favorite done. one from a visual perspective um i had a couple favorite worlds i'll be honest all from the first half of the game uh so i liked hollis's hot streak i liked the casino one that yeah. one was super cool and stylized okay this is i mean this is kind of gameplay but i'm curious i'm gonna bring it up now in case i forget did you get playing that level any persona vibes because i did i don't want to offend you uh, so the combination of kind of like that smooth that smooth oh, the jumpy thieving, gameplay the, the thieving, it, the thieving style the background music yeah the, it, all, all your teammates working together yeah i think if not directly inspired i think it was somewhat like it was either coincidence or directly inspired by because the thing is that that's a pretty there's a lot of overlap between persona and psychonauts as it stands so all you had to do to make yeah. one of the worlds emulate persona was add a somewhat like jazzy theme to it and have some thieving and sneaking elements to it um and then you have the persona formula in psychonauts so yeah i i definitely got some uh, persona vibes from there when i heard the little the little bass drumming yeah, when i was yeah, when yeah. i was and then had all the horns and exactly. stuff i was like ah this is this is nice. I like this. <laughs> so that was a huge vibe for me. I loved that one. And then um, Compton's Cook-Off and Side King's Sensorium. Those two, or those three, are, are my pretty definitively my favorite. Side King is definitively my favorite, visually speaking. I think that one, yeah. like, f for pretty obvious reasons. I mean, it's supposed to be this visually overly stimulant environment because it's supposed to be like an acid trip. Um, but I thought the whole wacky layout of it 
and the colors and everything. And then obviously once you add the song, really kind of created a pretty fun and complete little experience in itself. Speaking <laughs> of good soundtracks for psyching, sound design was substantially better this game or i would agree no stupid emotional baggage bs thank no. you for taking that out i like that Goodness. instead of making it cry really <laughs> loud raz just goes oh i hear something oh i hear something i like perfect that's like that's a much more tolerable sound <laughs> <But>. cue. <laughs> well it's more tolerable but he does say it a lot whenever you go in and out of it yeah it, oh is that what it is it's it's there's like a radius to the back and every time oh. you enter that radius he'll say it Within yeah, a certain be like, frame of time. I'd be like around it and just doing my platforming BS. And then he would just, oh, I hear something. Yeah. You're, it's because like you're entering later, the, oh, there's, the a, there's a noise somewhere. I should go check that out. I was like, okay. I, yeah. I understand. Thanks for not crying about it, though. <laughs> True. <laughs> so I was talking last time about how I hated the whole collectathon thing. And this yeah. game did some a nice little psychological trick to make it more appealing and interesting to collect all the little projections and it made it do musical notes. There was different notes. And if you collected four in rapid succession, there would be this resolution note for all of them. So you'd collect three. And if you collected three, but not the fourth one, cause they're all kind of grouped tightly like that, then you'd have this sense of like, Oh no, they're like, I need to get the the resolution note for it. Um, if you pull up a video of someone collecting all of the things, you'll notice it really quickly, but it's one of those just, subtle psychological like hmm. how can we make this satisfying uh for you to collect more of them instead of just grabbing the one that happens to be on your path because then you collect one you hear the note and you're like oh i'm gonna grab the rest so i thought that was pretty i can appreciate pretty that. little I actually notice cheeky. That, though. yeah um still hated him <laughs> I, I minded them far less because they also didn't make an annoying yeah every time you collect it Someone dropping a child on a bongo. Yeah. Every time you collect one of these. The music was far better this time around than the first game. Not to say that the first time around was had no good songs, as you know, because I love that camp theme. But I thought that it was much more consistently. Uh, I think it was far less intrusive this time around. And I thought that the songs fit the themes more consistently and kind of did a better job at pulling you into the world subtly instead of throwing this one tune in your face the entire time. Yeah. It this is similar to the levels. Um I liked the first half of the soundtrack a lot better than the second. Same. I was really vibing hard. Like actively. I agree. Up even through like the, the camp theme here. Did you have you listened to the camp theme? Oh, I I, the I really enjoyed it. I hated having to I go through that. the camp uh, through the Aquado campground Family section because it, it would interrupt the campground section. I actually really liked that theme a lot. Yeah, yeah. So they updated that one. Yeah, it's different now, but different. Um, but good. no, I oh definitely. I like it a lot more than the first one. Even even the the mother lobe had a good theme to it too. Ooh, that was so 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 jazzy, dude. Yeah, I liked it. Ooh. All of the songs in the first it half of the game a, were sets good. sets a tone, for sure. Yeah, it, they definitely There's did a, a good job, job at that. setting tone in the beginning half. The other ones in the later half weren't bad. They just weren't as good as the first half, in my opinion. They were perfectly serviceable, but nothing that I would be like, oh, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah. I was never like annoyed by it, but it kind of fell off my radar. And I listened to it, you know, doing all my notes and crap. And I was like, yeah. It's not, 
it no, doesn't it quite strike the same chords. No, it's and that's fine. It's fine. It it's one of those things that by the end of it, you're not really paying attention to it. But when you're first starting off a game, and again, um, when you have a soundtrack that's great, it stands out. And the first half really did. Second half, not as much, and that's fine. It was serviceable. And they made up for it with Grulovia, Grulovia. <laughs> that was like this game's version <laughs> of It's a Small World After All. And it somehow it is, was but it's such good. a banger. <laughs> I, I don't no get spoilers, it. But <laughs> so that's all I have for sound design. I think that's really all that needs to be said about sound design. There's not a lot yeah. to it. Yeah. They, they just did a good job at tweaking the sound. So it was less obnoxious. It's a little more modernized. Yeah, yeah. And not so obscenely awful. Yeah. Okay, on to gameplay. Thoughts on platforming first before we get to the combat and other miscellaneous gameplay elements. Yeah, yeah, baby. Uh, the, that's your that's your wheelhouse. You're you're a big platformer guy. I'm starting to they're starting to grow on me some, but yeah? I I nice. feel like that's much more your cup of tea than it has historically been mine. It, it is. I I do enjoy it quite a bit. This game is substantially improved. Good news. Yay. It is golf clap for Psychonauts two. At maybe two points that I get mildly frustrated to moderately frustrated with the uh, the platforming here. It is quite a step up from the first because that was a frequent annoyance of mine playing the first Psychonauts was holy cow this is really obnoxious to try to jump around and do this platforming because it's so imprecise it's so floaty. Probably products of the time to be fair, but. I can I can report with good news that it's it's much improved. It's very polished. Not a lot of uh, kind of like BS when you're running around. Having said that, it it wasn't exactly inspired platforming. Yeah, you know, it was kind of run of the generic. Mill. It felt some of the side powers were creative and they were implemented in a great way. That I'll have to talk about that a little later here. In if the, you didn't say that, I was going to hop to the defense on that front. Yeah, but I I thought that there was some substantial improvements to the platforming between the last two games. I don't know if you noticed, but one of the first things that I did when I first played this game is double jumped. I don't know why, but it's just my habit to double jump. It looks really satisfying uh, in the first game because you do this little somersault thing, but it is substantially improved in the second game. That's words of the day, substantially improved. Um, substantially improved as well because it's not this long flowy difficult to control double jump it's a pretty fast uh, increase in elevation and then a quick drop it's not this long uh, I don't know it's it's almost like you're on low gravity when you double jumped the first game and it makes it kind of hard to jump from platform to platform because you're just kind of gliding down slowly but the yeah it's very floaty yeah and this one it's much more gravitational and so you jump from platform to platform much quicker there's less time for you to stray from the path to the next which i really enjoyed and also your movement was much less slingshotty and momentum you weren't like swinging around like a rubber band you know yeah it, it really is a much more modernized platforming experience which i can't complain complain about yeah at least mechanically uh puzzles are also improved true much less gamer logic-y they were yeah. far more intuitive i really liked it they must have an exercise in gamer brain yeah there was like really good balance between 
ingenuity. There was a couple puzzles in particular that I don't remember what it was, but I did it and I was like, oh, I figured that out really quick. And it was, and you felt satisfaction. You didn't feel like they were handing you the solution, but it wasn't making it impossibly stupid and roundabout for you to try and solve them. So I really appreciated that. How about combat? Because I know you've mentioned okay. combat, and I have my own thoughts on this, but I want to I want to hear yours first. Man, I honestly think that the combat gets some unrightful hate, in my honest opinion. And here's why. I'm not going to say from an objective standpoint that this is the best third-person melee shooter ability-based combat. This isn't a combat-oriented game, so if it was as good as that, then that would be an outlying incident. However... There was some improvements made to make it actually playable. For example, the dodging makes more sense. Um, I would have been better at it if I hadn't just spent all of my time for the last three weeks playing Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, <laughs> and Bloodborne, where it's all about dodging at the last second and iframes. So that aside... Iframes are a killer if you don't have them. Yeah. I'm used to them. Petition to make every single game with a dodge function have iframes. Petition to, to patch Psychonauts with iframes. Yeah. yeah. That would have actually Launch been him. really fun if they had had iframes, but they didn't. Um, however, the abilities are much more user-friendly. The side blast is has a little more auto-aim to it to make it more usable. Um, a lot of the abilities are much more feasible in combat, such as the pyrokinesis. You don't literally need to sit in place for five seconds to charge it up. You can be moving and you can change like the area that it's going to affect. And they removed all of the stupid, crappy abilities in combat that you didn't need or want ever. So all of those things being said, I thought it was fun. One other note that I will make about the combat, and sorry for taking so long. No, you're good. I loved the variety of enemies. That was a really, really fun addition. Like the panic attacks, having to use the time slowing to make them so you can hit them was super clever. And I thought that having all of these different abilities, again, be associated with these mental states like panic or bad moods or uh, regrets and having a corresponding characteristic of that enemy with that mental trait I thought it was super clever and I thought they implemented it pretty well and made the combat much more enjoyable by giving you a variety of enemies to face and it each one had weaknesses that would force you to use different abilities so you actually got a variety of the arsenal involved instead of just spamming side blast and letting them reload. So that was a lot. It was and a lot. I'm I, sorry. I, I'm going to do my best to respond to all of it in a decent time frame and with thoroughness, but okay. Ugh, I hate combat in this game. Really? It's so mediocre. By about halfway through, I was completely done with it, but they threw a lot of combat encounters at you. All right. So you said uh, that they basically removed weapons that were useless and they added other weapons, right? Mm -hmm. This is true. However, I found only a small handful of these to actually be, useful in combat melee combat itself is almost completely useless if you come in to hit someone there is no stun maybe i missed upgrades or something i don't know there's no stunning so when you go to hit them bop you smack them and then you have to wait half a second before you can even roll it doesn't it doesn't cancel whatever move you're doing 
So if you go to hit somebody and they're going to hit you, you're out of luck. And by the way, because you don't, again, you don't stun them, they're going to hit you. So you can go, you can hop in, get it, get one hit and, and jump back out. That's about the only way to do it. So that's useless, which means I revert to my side blast, right? I just abuse the crap out of that thing. Uh, when you get the slowdown later on, that's also very useful. But here's the other problem is that while these these things are conflicting with each other, because yes, there are these the en these enemies that are very creative and there are a lot of you almost said fun. <laughs> I almost said fun, but that's not it, it. It's look. Here's this is the thing. They might not be fun to fight because I just didn't enjoy the process of fighting them, which includes a lot of menu swapping, a lot of it. Because for some for some blasted reason, they decided the best way to do this was to just assign your two bumpers and two triggers for your psi abilities. I was going to get to that. And it feels like I'm playing yeah. Legend of Zelda again, like like Link to the Past or whatever, where you have 15 items, but you can only assign two of them because you have two buttons on your game your Game Boy, right? Yeah. It feels like it's from that era, and there's no reason for it to be. We just played God of War, a game which you have about 40 different moves mapped because you have different menus that you just like you hold the the, the, the bumper or whatever, right? Yeah. Right. So this split up both the platforming and the combat because I was always switching crap out. And the problem is you get very used to having certain things on certain buttons. So for me, my right uh, bumper and right trigger were always the same thing because if I move those around, I got very confused. And my left trigger was basically always, unless I absolutely needed it, again, this is where it's annoying, it was always levitate, right? Which left just my left bumper for most other abilities for slowdown or if I needed pyrokinesis or whatever. And I had to, I had to swap just that left bumper and sometimes the left trigger, which is annoying because if I use the, the left trigger for something else and I don't have my, uh, my levitate, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So these enemies, while they were creative and I think in theory, they would be fun to fight some of them. It just became frustrating because as you were fighting them, the combat system seemed far too shallow to actually do anything. The moves that they gave you most of the time seemed useless or at least not worth using and having to swap between things constantly, the creativity of these enemies created a different barrier, which is the stupid menu system for the for the psi abilities. So that, that sucked a lot of the joy out of the combat for me. May I make a counter? Absolutely. Okay. So to so I, I think for once I played the game just better than you did, for sure. like once. Okay, you can't make no. I'm. No, 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 no counterpoints. Okay. <laughs> you lose Fine. all your, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so, um, I thought that they actually gave you a pretty good arsenal to deal with a bunch of different threats. Assume you get one specific pin, which is the ability to freeze enemies in place when you, uh, use the thought connection. So there's actually a pretty formulaic way of handling combat that I thought was really fun. Um, you take out all the small sensors with your melee combat. Those guys just get hit away in one hit. You're they're toast. All the by blast, bang bang. Uh, that too. <laughs> big big boys. You do the side blast. You freeze them in place and go behind them. Um, or you like if they like do their big wind up, you dodge around them and then hit them from the back, and then you get your three hits hit in. The back. And then before they even have a chance to turn around and hit you again, you can probably hit them with either a pyrokinesis, some side blasts or whatever all these other threats that you have going on at the same time you can either slow them down or freeze them in place or you just stay away from the big brutish sensor and side blast or pyrokinesis or um telekinesis 
different enemies with that. It does give you a variety of options. You just have to kind of use them wisely, I guess. I don't know. I found that, um, I don't know what it was, but I just, I found there to be lots of options available to you to be able to assess different threats and take them on in different order. Um, so that one, just either a straight up disagreement or just a difference in experience. Yeah. Even, even if that's the case, which yeah, there are different ways of killing these enemies, but generally it still leaves you. And some had weaknesses that it encouraged. Even if that's the case though, the menu system, you still have to swap out things. Constantly. That is something that, that I wholeheartedly agree on hell. and it really frustrated me. So I had a workaround for it where, which is basically to your point, there was a couple, there was one time that I had my left bumper was always bound to the thought grabbing one, uh, mm -hmm. which is key for like saving yourself from dying uh, while platforming. I did yeah. that once and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to have a platforming loadout and a combat loadout. So I would have pyrokinesis, uh, psyblasts, grappling, whatever the abilities were. All of those were on the bumpers at the same time. The nice thing about this one too is that they didn't sprinkle in combat throughout the level. Oftentimes you got to a space, a bunch of enemies spawned, you defeat them, and then you go back to your platforming. It, it didn't have it all the way throughout, which was really nice because that basically meant when I dropped into an enemy space, hit up on my little thing, put in all of my combat psi abilities do that and then immediately switch back and i would notice very quickly if i had my combat loadout instead of my platforming loadout because if i hit lt and levitation didn't happen and instead pyrokinesis came out then i knew oh yeah i need to switch them up back to platforming there was a there's a dive function in the game what was that there for i can't think of a dive? single time so if you talk to dion in the campgrounds and help him set up the tent you can Oh. Raz will go oh I remember something that Dion taught me long ago and it's basically if you hit B in midair then you'll dive but it's so downward instead of lateral that it was practically useless in any situation ever <laughs> yeah it's weird because there's already a there's already a ground slam right so yeah yeah it was not not helpful at all it was like no a idea. it was supposed to be like a platforming tool um, but it was not lateral <laughs> enough for it to be worth anything so I have one last miscellaneous gameplay thing, and it was okay. the upgrading and the pins. Yeah, the shop. That was my last thing as well. So I really liked how they did the upgrading this time. This is part of why I actually did the collecting stuff is because you level up and you get to actually choose Psy powers to upgrade instead of it just randomly handing you something. Like when you collected stuff and leveled up in, pre in the other Psychonauts game, it would just go, oh, you're a psycho your psychokinesis is better. Your side blasts are better. You can carry more, whatever it may be. You never know what you're working for. So it's hard to really find value in working for it. Whereas in this one, you know that you're working for an upgrade point, which will allow you to increase various psychic abilities that you find useful, which is again, back to the whole options in combat. Um, on top of this, there was a lot of cool side upgrades that you could buy in the shop. My frustration with this is that you could only equip three at a time, which was deeply frustrating mm. because they gave you all these cool little tools. I only wanted to use all of them <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> like, let me use all of them, please. So that's true. You can only equip three at a, t three at a time. And, and even further, though, they aren't very powerful to begin with. 
I didn't find there to be a lot that was very attractive about the upgrades or the pins. Again, there were some good ones, but it was in an, a sea of overwhelmingly mediocre ones, in my opinion. I think it was just too pricey. If they were more of like 150, Maybe. 100, then it would have been better. But they I weren't. think by the end of the game, I only pulled the trigger on three or four pins because nothing was entire. I had the money to do it. And I, I visited the shop like, oh, I can go buy stuff. And every time I hopped in there, I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I didn't buy anything last time. Huh. <laughs> well, buy some soul all the really good <laughs> ones are blocked off for later levels, like ones that also increase true. melee damage, ones that make enemies explode when you use pyrokinesis on them uh, to explode. There's various ones that are actually really cool and useful. It's just you can't get them until you're level 50 plus, which is the end of the game. Yeah, this game is... Well, yeah, I guess there's there's 102 uh, ranks you can do. This game is not very long. No. No, it's not. It, it, it felt like it dragged on quite long for me, but it really isn't. I felt like it was kind of unfortunate to have both a monetary barrier to these pins and a level barrier. If you're going to make the pins expensive and hard to get, then just let me use them when I buy them because I'll be spending lots of time trying to save up for them in the first place. If I want to grind and search all these arrowheads out so I can get this pin, then let me use it instead of making me wait till the very end of the game. But whatever. Yeah. That was that was a combat design choice that I didn't like, but it was whatever. That's all I have to say about gameplay, though, unless you have something yeah, let's, to Yeah, let's move in. on. Let's hit, uh, hit the story. Which I think that's what we have... Maybe not the most to say, but the most excited to talk about. Definitely. I have a bevy of complaints, but first the good. Agreed? Let's... Do we start or end with the good? Because the... the uh... Yeah, let's end with the good. Let's end with the good. I don't, I don't know. Let's end with the good. Let's end on a positive <laughs> I don't know. Note. Let's end with, okay. on a positive note and bring ourselves okay. up. Because here's the deal. In editing our God of War episode, I, I was like, Wow. If I heard this, I, I would have thought we hated this game when actually exactly. both of us really enjoyed the game a lot. There was just so many things that we it just so happened that like there was a few major inflection points in the game that we substantially disagreed on. <laughs> and both of us yeah. were on the opposite side every single time. So there was someone complaining about something on each issue. We didn't go, oh, I like Balder. Yeah, I like Balder, too. Or. Uh, that Trace thing was pretty messed up. Oh yeah, it's pretty messed up. I agree. It, we were both like <laughs> playing <laughs> no, devil's it advocate. It was. <laughs> so, no, it, um, let's. So, I will preface all of the story stuff I'm about to say with this. I thought that the game had tons of charm to it, and it was on the whole very enjoyable. I, as I covered earlier, I enjoyed the combat quite a bit. I thought the platforming was enjoyable, and I thought the exploration was very fun. So what I'm about to say about the story doesn't mean I did not like the game. It meant that I had some very substantive issues with the story itself. Now, where to begin, Joshua? I have big picture Dude, things that I want to talk about before we get into the political side of things. We have one thing to do before that. Spoilers. This is the spoiler section. Yeah, we got to put that out there because, you know, otherwise they sue you for your kids and wife and whatever. Okay. Yeah, so this point on. Look, check timestamps for the uh, the final wrap up if you indeed. want to hear the, just the final opinions. Go check it out. So onto the spoiler stuff. Before we even get to the hot button things and spoiler alert, <laughs> they get into the current events, hot button stuff in this game. Um, 
before we even get to that, I have a whole probably page of complaints from characters to big picture story to world building. Where in that would you like to start? Oh, dude, that's a big... You're, you're agitating me. I'm having anxiety right now. I need to back off. Sorry, sorry. My, my mental Am I, did is I, diminishing rapidly. Not to be too on the nose, but did I just trigger I feel you? Like, I feel like you're judging me. I had all the subtlety of Psychonauts 2 just then. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Where, Dude, where's, where to start? Where to start? <laughs> characters, because the characters are the ones that give me AIDS. Okay. Cancer. Nope, that's all offensive. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, this is going to be an absolute wreck for the rest of the episode. I'm just going to accept it now. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Just go. So, just uh, go. Okay. Why did some of these characters in the story exist? Why did we choose, instead of having the story centered around Raz, his new class, and this oncoming age of Psychonauts, you have Sasha 9 and Mia and all these other young, like, new age of the Psychonauts, and Raz's class. <laughs> the story should be centered around them cleaning up the messes of previous generations and setting things right and coming into their own and becoming the heroes of their generation. Instead, what we're going to do is go back through and revisit all these geriatric has-beens, go into their minds and fix their problems, and then they get to be the heroes that they weren't the first time around while all <laughs> the other characters are supporting all of the has-beens. What? But doing it's like Captain America use. as an 80-year-old. And like, like, let's say we get Thor. He's now fat and ugly. And all the other Avengers who are too old to fight, we get them together to save the day in the middle of the new Avengers taking a Just massive kind of, L and, and yeah. like, all, like crapping the bed. Like, that's what happened. I do not understand why. <laughs> It, it it set the story up to be Raz is in a new setting. He's had his new class. We have all these cool, like they set up, they spent the entire first game setting up Sasha 9 and Mia and their characters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Instead yeah. of having the game center around them and going on and them be living into their own, we just ditched that halfway through the game. It doesn't even say, yep. it doesn't give any early indications, indicators. It's just like, oh, Oh, look, it's that guy from the big six. Oh, another guy. Oh, this is a gang gets back together and saves the day story. Not a, not a new generation grows up to become the hero story. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I hadn't actually thought about it from that angle. I did from a similar angle, the, the youth aspect, which when I get into my negativity, my, yeah. We'll discuss it, but that that is an an interesting way of looking at it, and I think you're right. But what I did notice is the fact that all these characters, all your what are they called, the junior whatever apprentices, something rather interns, interns, they just disappear. They suck. Like, again, why are they there? Halfway through the game, the, I, I I really disliked all of them. Me the too. The games like these. I <laughs> really. Oh come on. Are they actually doing this? It felt like Borderlands three bad writing with with the, you know what it is you know what um, it is though they had a class at the camp and so there was this obligation i think on the writer to oh well we have to have a new class everyone at the camp is gone except for lily so we have to have a new class except the guy writing the class is now 50 <laughs> instead of 30 just outside of the age of being able to understand youth and writes all of the children as and completely unlikable unrealistic people 
They're all emo. Well, they're not all emo. He, he like runs the gamut of every dumb stereotype. It's you, true. You actually, have, you're right. You, you do. do have the emo chick. You have the dumb fat chick, dumb slash creepy fat chick. You you have um, well, you have a wheelchair kid. <laughs> so there's one for <laughs> yeah. you. Disabled yeah. psycho. Hey, he was as hitting long as the all of the fine, intersectional right? boxes on that one. It, all of the intersectional boxes. Gonna the only thing you didn't folks. have Sorry. was a retarded person. Whoa. That's Holy the God. only one they yeah, didn't have. I just which said is you weird, have the which brain is intact. <laughs> all about <laughs> mental health and mental if issues. The, if the brain isn't intact, you can't be a psychonaut. Those are patients. <sighs> and it just and they all had this weird animus towards him for no reason. Inexplicably, as if they'd been there for years. There wasn't like this initiation and then like, okay, now you're part of the gang. It was they literally treated him like garbage the entire game and all were passive aggressive and mean the entire game. The only time they were nice to him at all was when he solved the, the casino problem, but then they went right back to being rude to him until the very end. And then they just show up in the final fight somehow. And they're like, yeah, they're like, yeah. yeah. it was yeah, very man. much like <laughs> it was very much like the Marvel useless friend stereotype where there's like the useless best friend of the hero yeah. who is useless the entire movie doesn't contribute at all to the main character's growth until the very end when they randomly like land a hit on the bad guy and it stuns <laughs> the bad guy long enough for the main character to come in and save the day. It was just like that. They they had no plot relevance at all. They did not move the story or the character at all. In fact, the entire game could have happened without the class at all and nothing would have changed because Raz would have still been pushed off to the side because Forsyth didn't want to deal with him. He would have still ended up in the mailroom all the same. You could have just changed the platforming of the casino like the level Indiana so they Jones weren't necessary. Thing, right? Isn't, it, isn't that the, the theory of Indiana Jones? If he didn't exist, the story would have gone the same way. Like he did nothing. <laughs> isn't that how that That's works? That's kind of funny. I don't know about that one, but that sounds about right. <laughs> but same idea, whatever yeah. movie it happens to be, if it's not Indiana Jones. Yeah, the idea is these characters are, are useless and pretty unlikable. I actually liked a couple of them by the end. Sam was one of my favorites. There was one. So yeah, you're right. The class was Again, completely it's, it's useless. Dumb. I don't understand it. Okay. Um, did you feel this game was less funny, less well-written in, in terms of humor? Because I did, <laughs> like substantially. It was substantially less funny. It was... Okay. It went much more for the serious analysis yep. of mental health instead of the humorous lampooning of um, some of its effects and some of the people affected by it. Um, there's like a tasteful way to do it and Psychonauts really towed that line well. At no point did Psychonauts 1 lapse into something that I feel like would be problematic by today's standards. I'm sure people would mm -hmm. find a way, but for the most part, it, was, it remained respectful and tasteful and humorous at the same time. This game managed to be modern in its approach to that stuff and nothing else. And that kind of was disappointing. Um, I have some serious problems with the world building. Okay. So, <laughs> so Josh, ask me a question. Who yeah. are the Psychonauts? What do they do? Who are they allied with? What is it that people who join the Psychonauts actually spend their day doing? Uh, so. Huh. Okay, look. I don't want to be unfair. I don't want to be unfair. So I'm going to attribute this to my own stupidity. But I can't answer that question. I can't <laughs> either. I was like, okay, yeah. so it's this organization of like psychic spies, but like for whom? Against whom? Who, whose minds are they entering? What are these missions that they go on all day? It seems like they just are counselors. 
They're just like fixing troubled people's minds, but they're supposed to be spies. So that was like a huge gap that like three quarters through the way of the game. I think it was when he was talking to his family and I was thinking like, oh, this kid's following his dream. He wants to be a psychonaut. I was like, wait, why does he want a psychonaut? (laughs) We've had two games now called psychonauts and we don't actually know what a psychonaut really is. And the psychonauts are a new phenomenon. The people who's helping are the first psychonauts and all of them went into mental breakdowns and went in hidden cages with like severe depression for 20 years. Like this sounds like a sounds like a fantastic yeah. thing. Like Rad. they sound like soldiers, but who's dispatching them? And other than this whole Grulovia incident, who were they fighting against? It never establishes any of these things. Well, they're all MIA, dude. Yeah. That's the thing. They're like they're not doing anything. <laughs> no. Like I said, most of them are in in severe depression spirals over dumb BS and and they're hiding out and and drinking and playing chess and yeah, writing poems or whatever. And the only one who's like doing anything is Otto. He's just hiding in his little bat cave, tinkering with toys. Yeah. And by the way, he seems pretty mentally stable. Good job for that guy dealing with human emotions. You got Forsyth and the dude who's the 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 head the Zanato. So the only ones that are there are are Forsyth, Zanato, and Otto. Yeah. And they're not, again, they're not doing anything. Yeah. Like, they, they barely talk to each other. At least it's so hard to actually. Otto tell what's going on in this so world. yeah that's actually a really good point so that bothered me a little bit it totally broke my immersion from the game when i realized that we're one and a half games through this series and i don't know what the f a psychonaut <laughs> is <laughs> I, to the character point you're making i strongly dislike that they made crawler lame they had spent the entire first game making crawler this like oh he's this legendary guy or whatever and obviously he's a little broken and shaken up from the whole grulovia war thing that was a that was present very much in the first game however they made him unlikable because he they made it so that way he's the one who destroyed lucretia and made maligula and he also then pardoned maligula single-handedly brainwashed one of his family members and maligula it just like why not just make him more deep instead of making him deep and crappy like why is depth always associated with failure in a lot of these characters that was really annoying because they have to give them a ment- uh, mental and emotional trauma and the best way they can think to do that is oh they did a bad thing or had a bad thing happen to them which generally yes that's how that works but i don't, I don't know the worst coping mechanisms known to man yeah well that's that's what's so funny so i don't know maybe this is kind of on topic but i think about time for me to bring it up because it's my most frustrating thing about this game which i i realized about halfway through we just talked about who are the psychonauts well we don't really know what they're what they do but we we know what they do right we know that they go into mines and that they fix mines is it not somewhat ironic and sad that this group of psychonauts who their one job is to fix minds don't even offer or volunteer to fix each other's minds yeah and then a 10 year old goes in and in 30 minutes they're all they're all better like in in a 12 hour period this this entire dramatic grief circle this hippie pot smoking grief circle of all these (laughs) these old people he fixes the, the entirety of their lives like by pure happenstance because he's not He's not wallowing in self-pity. Yeah. Did that not... That was what pissed me off more than anything. It was like, what is this even... What? 
This is this is their entire job. This is like this is like me as an electrician. My light goes out and I go, oh, what do I do? Why is it doing this? What's wrong with my well? I need to call somebody. No, I'm just gonna go sit in my bed and cry for the next twenty years. I don't know how to fix my light. No, it's my that's my actual job. Yeah. And no, I, it, it makes no internal what? sense with the world itself. And That's it would have made so, so much more of, an, of a compelling story and would have made more co- internal sense with the world if they had just let all those other characters be. And it would have been really cool if they had... Zanotto says, go find Crawler, Get him right, and then you guys do your thing. So it would have been really cool if they kept the Crawler thing. Yeah. They Crawler s- makes sense. Like, they skip all of the stuff to get to Crawler. Like, you don't go to Otto... You don't go to Bool. You don't do any of those things. You just go to the different rooms that Crawler's in. You get Crawler's backstory. You get a deeper understanding of who he is. Find out that he's had this terrible thing happen to him. He loved Maligula and she turned this terrible person. And then you have a now deepened relationship with Crawler. Then it turns into a buddy cop, Crawler, the old wise sage, imparting his wisdom and from his now restored mind onto the young raz as they go on their mission to find the mole and save the day that would have made much more sense and it would have been much more consistent with an actual psychonaut and because he's theoretically training to be a psychonaut so why not have him do psychonaut things and establish what psychonaut things are instead of just going around and fixing all these broken geriatrics minds mm-hmm. and then getting the gang back together that was kind of my frustrations that pulled this bait and switch where it starts you off with this spy story why set up the game at the beginning as this spy mission when it's nothing like that at all. Now, not to mm-hmm. say that these worlds that you go into aren't fun and enjoyable in their own right, but that's not what the game was set up to be in the first chapter. So why do that? Again, it just it doesn't have any continuity in the story itself. It kind of takes this weird tonal shift over the course of the game that really bothered me. That that was my story problem on the whole. But before we get into the hot bun stuff. And sorry, I've been ranting so much. It really pissed me off. No, I, I'm enjoying hearing this because, yeah, you mentioned that you had an issue with the story and I was genuinely curious what it was. Hearing me talk now, I'm like pissed off about it. This is why I said writing notes is good because like I had these opinions kind of tepidly formulated in my head, but I didn't have the chance to really, really flesh them out until I wrote. And then it was like a waterfall of, holy crap, I hate this. <laughs> like, when I think about this, this is maybe why it annoyed me so much because I was, like, actively annoyed while, while playing, but, yeah, thinking back on it, uh, you know, you can't... It's one of the things where once you see it, you can't not see it. Yeah, true. And mm. this, the thing you just brought up with the whole... <laughs> the whole what the heck, what the heck do psychonauts do <laughs> is sticking in my craw. Um, do you have any other, like big picture story stuff that isn't hot buttony at the end before we get into that section of stuff where are you ready to kind of move into the more hot buttony type stuff because there's a buttony. few um maybe this is like a segue into hot button okay the game felt really preachy to me it didn't the first one didn't we kind of glossed over this but it feels very preachy uh the first psychonauts was kind of a, a mind hoppy inception type adventure this one not only seemed to be preaching all, all this mental health stuff, which is a discussion we probably will get into, maybe, maybe not, but also just the cultural references and stuff were a little obnoxious. I hated it so much. The insistence upon drawing on current events and social points was kind of aggravating because 
I use video games to escape from that kind of stuff. That's why I don't watch American TV is because I don't like But don't you that. know? But don't you know? Oh, no. Okay, do it do it no, you know what now this is gonna be enough controversial stuff said here Fair so <laughs> but I, I do agree <laughs> that the first game kind of seemed to go here's all these issues and it showed you how pitiable these people were and how cleansing their mind of these problems made them feel better and made them live better lives as a result of it whereas this game was like <clears throat> this is a problem you should feel bad about this. Look at how sad this person is. And it's just like super duper on the nose that instead of showing through the world, they had all these scripted lines and situations with the characters. And also another thing that was kind of um, frustrating with it too, is that they had the person being involved in the mind that you're investigating way more. So like the milkman conspiracy, I'm the milkman. He was in there but only at the very beginning to give you direction. Same thing with Napoleon. You could see what they see of themselves or what their mind looks like, and then you fix it. And you can see through the way that the world is crafted, what they think of either themselves or the world around them, etc. This game, all these different characters are constantly giving you lines that say, I feel this way, I think this way. Like Cassiopeia. The entire thing was them talking very on the nose about, oh, we're not all different. We're like all the same person. We just have to all be together. And we let one person like just show me instead of telling me. You know what I mean? It was so much less subtle in its storytelling. Yeah, because I think it does have a more blatant bent. It's much more trendy now. Mental health is much more trendy. Psychonauts is ahead of its time. The original. Yeah, true. Right? Going into brains. Because I don't think it... I don't. Well, here's the thing. I don't think it was intended to be a preachy piece on mental health. Mm-mm. Because that wasn't a thing back then. In the same way that it is now. Of course, you had psychiatrists and all this. Wait, which one prescribes medicine? I always get these confused. You get the point, yeah. right? Of course, those existed. But in the public sphere, it wasn't as trendy as a social symbol. If you say, oh, I have autism. Or, oh, I have a social anxiety you think you automatically get plus 10 social credit points, right? Yeah. And that's what annoys me is because it seems that the bent in this game went from just, oh, we're hopping in minds and looking at people's psyches and yacht exploring to, ah, this is mental health. This is, they had some BS trigger. They had an actual trigger warning at the beginning of the game. At the beginning of a tier rated game. Come on. That was tone setting for sure. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that for a second. Then I remembered, oh, yeah, there's a. It, it wasn't a joke, but they were like, uh, it discusses dentistry if you have. I know. Really? I that. Are you kidding me? I scoffed me? when I read that. If someone is foaming at the mouth, having an epileptic seizure because they are exposed to dentistry in a video game. Maybe you should stop playing video games and go you check gotta into stop. a clinic. Bro, you, look, you have actual mental health issues, and this game is not going to help you. Yeah. Like, you have real problems. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, no, it is terrible. So. So, yeah, it, it, um, on a minor note, something we mentioned earlier, like with the whole contemporary thing, there was a lot of contemporary humor in there, which is what kind of made all the other humor fall flat. There was one point where you get an upgrade and Raz goes, oh, I'm going to give my side blast a booster shot or, <laughs> or there's a, there's a part where Crowley's spraying some disinfectant spray into some shoes 
and Raz goes, should she be wearing a mask? And and Crowley goes, it's already in my blood, son. Which is supposed to be the classic young person telling old person who doesn't get it to wear a mask and the other old person going, I already had it. I don't need to wear a mask. Like it's it's a COVID joke. And why do I why is there a COVID joke in my video game? I would love to hear more about COVID. Please tell me more. I haven't heard about it enough for the past fifteen years. Yeah. Hey, you know that thing that's been wreaking havoc on mental health for the past three years? Let's include it in our game about mental health. <laughs> um there was also Trump commentary in the game, which was super was cringe. Did you miss it? <laughs> I probably missed it. Oh, wait, no, wait, I didn't. Was it the peaceful protesters thing? There was multiple. Those were peaceful protesters. <laughs> There's a bunch of them. So the first one is. No, I didn't is miss that. The, I was is, uh, what's his face? What's his name again? Uh, uh, the czar, whatever it is. You're talking with him for some reason. Instead of just fighting him and putting an end to this, you decide to start talking to him. And yeah. in this discussion, the the czar guy goes, I was about to bring uh, my country back to greatness or something to that effect, <laughs> which is all but saying I was going to make my country great again. And then Raz shoots back like, well, it was a half country at best, whatever, which is like the total like attitude oh, around. Yeah. yeah, it was the whole the country was never that great. It was a middling to average country at best. Yes. And then yeah. there's the peace, like, you took out peaceful protesters. <laughs> there's no way you can convince me that that wasn't intentionally angled to be a commentary about Trump and the protesters and all that kind well, of stuff. Well, I, so I was trying, I was trying to make a connection, like, what, in, in the game world, what that could, why? Because it seemed to be a, a serious moment. So, it's like, why would you put political commentary in a serious moment because people don't have the capacity to be subtle anymore it's, it's got to have some sort of other meaning inside the story it's like what these are hair these are like fleas like hair mites okay what what is the significance of hair mites to ford crawler yeah it's it's um, one of those things that makes you double guess everything you see yeah it, it's like the whole game's gaslighting you is this political it's not it, but it is but it might it's probably not though yeah it's a it's a video game but it, it definitely is but yes. don't worry about it and that was super <laughs> duper aggravating and it deflated moments of humor and fun and is a prime example of how you can poison an actually rich world with political commentary. And I It'll think be the first time Tim Schafer gaslit his audience. Well, and again, <laughs> that was good. Sorry. You're, you're making your own contemporary commentary now. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell that this story actually suffered as a result of it tangibly because you could tell he was starting with a premise and something, some message he wanted to say to the, to the audience and then going from there, which is why we ended up with the storyline of fixing all these old people instead of getting a cool <laughs> spy story. It never gets old. So it's, it was substantively detracting from the story itself because you could tell that it systemically affected how he wrote the story, which was really bothersome because I kept thinking to myself towards the end of the game, this could have gone a completely different direction. I don't need to be fighting Maligula right now, or at least I don't need to be fighting Maligula alongside all these old people. Yeah, and it feels like a rerun. It's like this already happened. I'm just replaying it with the same old people because they didn't do it right the first time. <sighs> On to the more overt. This is the subtle, oh, are we saying it or are we not? Don't worry, there was some plenty explicit messaging things in there too. First of which is the first mind that you enter, Forsyth, my least favorite character in the entire game. She is emblematic in a lot of ways of 
what is wrong with strong female characters. She exhibits all the toxic traits that they say men do in workplaces, yet get praised to no end for it and maintain their respect <laughs> for some reason. Everyone looks up to them inexplicably, even though they're fraught with poor decision making and personality issues. And then they treat other people like complete and it blows my mind that that's a trope that we follow to this day when you could actually write compelling strong female like i'm not someone who's like oh there's a female in it what pisses me off is when you write a female the same as every other female oh her biggest weakness is the fact that she doubts herself and has questions about her own strength all she needs to do is trust herself and then she's going to be the leader that she always wanted to be or and by trusting yourself it just means being an a-hole because you're standing up for yourself and then of course there's inevitably Oh, by the way, one of her male coworkers took credit for something that she did. Like, dude. And he was white. I didn't, I did not hear that same story a thousand other times already. Like, it makes, God. No, I'm with you there. Why do we do this? Why can't we write good female characters? They exist. Ellie in The Last of Us, the second one, she's just highly unlikable. So I'm not saying, yeah, anyways. But the first one, you know, PlayStation's got a swath of them. Um, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. That's one badass MFR. Yeah. Oh, nobody and, uh, nobody gives a crap. Freya from God of War. Not not a I guess yeah, I guess what's her name isn't a main character. So these are better examples. Yeah. Which, well there's plenty yeah. of like Persona 5 has one, two, three, four, maybe more like prominent female characters in the cast, and none of them have like their character defined by oh people were sexist against me and i just doubt myself too much etc one of the characters goes through like a like self-doubting thing and but like it's actually believable because it's based on something that's like real and actual uh that actual people experience instead of this like my biggest flaw is that i doubt myself like that i'm a perfectionist yeah it's like (laughs) my biggest flaw is i tried too hard and it's all embodied at the end, all of it at once, except for the self-doubting thing where at the very end, they're going to like hand the badges to the interns to make yeah. them junior. And yeah. um, uh, Zanato says, oh, after all this, I'm going to need a vacation. And, and Forsyth goes, oh, no, you don't. While you were taking a nap, I was cleaning up your mess. And then she walks off with I'm the badge taking, and she's like, aren't you I'm coming with two me? weeks of my 400 hours of vacation time. Yeah, like, I'm even the hard worker me. here, not you. Like, it's a competition. And then she walks away and Zanato goes, now that's leadership. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> Unironically. Like, hey, your sacrifices? Nah, you didn't make sacrifices. I made sacrifices. I'm going to take the vacation. And he's the headmaster. Yeah. She just straight up flipped the middle finger to the headmaster, who got his brain stolen, by the way. Yeah. Said, nah, screw you. You didn't do anything because you were literally brain dead. God. I, it made me want to gag. Oh, my goodness. What person responds to that by going, wow, now that's leadership. Yeah. That's a strong female lead. Like, like I want to follow that sad, person. Dude. Like, if, you're, if you said to your boss, hey, can I please have, like, a, a few days off? This job's been really killing me. It's like, oh, well, you think you're working hard? Try doing my job. You'd be like, wow, you're an asshole. Yeah, there's literally no way of twisting that into like, like a positive what? female lead. What? No. It's yeah. completely unreasonable. Very so, poorly written. <laughs> very poorly written character, not to mention her frame. 
Oh yeah, again. Which was, was my, again, you could was... wrap your finger <laughs> around her waistline. <laughs> Bad character design in many ways. Yeah, and then finally, the cream of the cake, the icing on top. We have the obligatory homosexual character, which two. is poor. Yep, two poorly written. All of the storytelling tropes of the gay character included. No other important personality traits to note. So, uh, praise be to God that we have this part of the game too. <laughs> but what's frustrating is that this guy's world was actually super interesting. Because it was w- both of one of our favorite worlds. Yeah. It's just then it ended off with... <sighs> you go first. I've been ranting for minutes now. <laughs> well, you have. Um, you're, you're right, though similar to Forsyth, it's like a poor stereotype and that's kind of the problem i don't look when you reduce a character down to the most base stereotypes i think everyone should be like offended by it especially for someone who actually wants that representation right if you're a woman and you see Forsyth and you're proud of that representation yikes you're a bad person i i, I yeah i mean <laughs> You can be a strong woman and stand your ground and not just be a total d- He's very unlikable. And these two other characters, Bob and Helma, are not necessarily unlikable, but they are reduced down to some pretty dumb stereotypes. And this is just in the general realm of the whole mental health thing as well. It's not even gay specific. But, by the way, <laughs> it's voiced by Jack Black. Yeah, Helma is voice. He's not gay. Where's the representation? I was told you can't do that. And also, yeah, if you're gonna have a gay character, have an actual an actual gay person voice them. I don't know, but seems kind of sussy wussy to me. It seems a little sussy. I don't know how he got away with that because there was a I think it was a movie with Scarlett Johansson they were gonna film. It was a trans character, and they're gonna have Scarlett Johansson play. Like, no, you can't do that. It has to be an actual trans person, otherwise you're trans exclusionary or something like that. And so she got in trouble. More gay erasure before. progressive media. They're, they're, it's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> I, I am triggered. So if you theoretically put yourself in the shoes of Helmet Fullbear, you've been separated from your beloved team for nigh on 20 years now. You are, you have this group of five friends of yours. You cherish them dearly. You fought by their side and fell in combat and you finally were brought back to life effectively and right on the other side of of the window is one of your lifelong friends board crawler your first thought would usually be oh i'm gonna go say hi to that person give him a big hug it's been 20 years since i've seen them i missed them a lot i died you want you want to tell me what (laughs) you want to know what this guy did well, no, no, no. I have to go find my husband because we that have emotional is the, baggage. Be, yeah, so much emotional baggage to unpack. <laughs> the dude was dead for 20 years. I get that your husband's important to you as it would anyone else. But if we let's put make that a straight relationship, man, yes. dies for 20 years. His wife's <laughs> elsewhere. His wife is not right there next to him. But like on the other side of the door is one of his closest friends ever. You think that dude's just going to turn right around and go, nope, not right now. I got other things to do. <laughs> like, bro, that is not at all realistic <laughs> to how someone would, would react to being literally reincarnated. <laughs> I, 
I, it yeah. was so bothersome and it totally broke because here's the deal you it hinted at the fact that he was gay inside the psyche and i was like whatever but then yeah, he gets cares? and i was like i just don't and i said in my head i was like please just don't make that his like his only characteristic and then he gets you get out of his psyche and he immediately hoofs it to find his husband <laughs> abandoning his friend who needs him on the other side of that door and everybody else in the facility by the way it's not like he just has some issue with with crawler yeah right but he just yeah he abandons all of them and just runs off because he's got his husband first and foremost and i get that's a priority but to fact the fact that he disregards everyone else was just to make it clear oh in case you were wondering he this is dude's a, gay and his husband really really matters to him he loves his husband just like a straight person would love his feelings are as real as everybody they're actually more real than anybody else's because no like, straight person would do this like making you unrealistically unfeeling to your other friends to highlight how much you love someone else is a pretty poor way of writing a character yeah it's not great and then you flip it over to the other person in this relationship. And of course, you have the same sore trope. Oh my goodness. I was questioning whether or not me being gay was something I should get rid of or not. I hated myself for it. But then I met you. <laughs> and then it all just came together. Like, why is it that every gay character in a show or movie or anything is constantly just like either aggressively like, I'm gay. You deal with it. Or... Oh, I'm so gay. I was just like, huh. Oh, but then I found someone. Now I I love it. I I am proudly gay now because I met someone that loves me for me. That is just uh, you're writing a remarkably unhealthy person, and then just slapping gay yeah. to it to make it sound so there's, awesome. There's two characters that I would like to bring up. Uh, one Mac from It's Always Sunny. They totally retro, like retrofitted him as gay. He was never intended to be. If you listen to the podcast, they said that. But like his character is just gay. Like, and and there's some jokes about it as a personality thing. But he's inherently maybe the show is like like that. But different show. Brooklyn not Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine. The Brooklyn the captain. The captain's hecka gay. But that's not his character. And he <laughs> it's a, he's a great character. Like, he's written well. That isn't his whole personality, but he's gay, and very obviously. So, those are two examples of well-written gay characters. And I know some, some people don't like Brooklyn Nine-Nine very much, but... Uh, I actually really enjoy that specifically. Show. I think it's funny. I think it's funny, too. Either way. No, so, yeah, they, they kind of reduce it. It's lazy. It's just, like, prioritizing, imagine... let's put a gay character in, and then... Everything else is secondary. Doesn't matter if it's good or not. We just want a gay person in there. Okay, so let's put an upside down, an upside down world. Flip, flip our world here. Imagine that being gay was the norm and being straight was the celebrated one, right? And their homage to us as straight people, right? The straight kings was that they made a football and beer world. We're like, you're just hopping on footballs and, you know, springing off beer tabs. You're like, yeah, <laughs> straight pride. <laughs> Right? Yeah. It's so reductive. And uh, yeah. by the way, I'm not drawing a direct parallel between the, the psyching emporium and, and that because I understand it's supposed to be psychedelic. However, I don't doubt that it's probably somewhat of a double meaning. Um, uh, it, it, yeah. I don't, dude. Yeah. That's all I really have to say is yeah. It's, it, it makes it boring. It's so predictable. 
And that's part of why my frustration is I can like, I do not care if there's a gay character in a story. I really don't. But don't make it so way I literally sit there and go, okay, when is he going to talk about how much he doubted the validity or value of his gayness until he met X character? When is he going to inevitably lose all strength to do anything except for with the help of his gay counterpart? They're all so reductionist. It's frustrating. Yeah. And the problem is they overwrite these characters, like you said, to where this is their personality. Nobody's personality is being straight. And the same applies for being gay. Some should people, apply. I guess. It should apply. And in the real world, it generally, you know, tends to. Yeah. <sighs> Have we hit the negative? Yeah. Oh, it's positive. Yeah, hit the positive. Let's hit the positive. really hard into that. <laughs> okay. Now that we've ripped all the things we dislike about to shreds, here's the deal. It was more on the nose. It was not as subtle and it was a little less inspired. However, I think that there was some really fun character and like NPC characters that were fun <laughs> and interesting to interact with. <laughs> Are you disagreeing with me right now? Is that why you're laughing? No, I'm laughing because you're like, okay, we don't want to be too negative. So the story narrative sucked. The characters sucked. The ending sucked, but some NPCs <laughs> had funny lines. Okay, okay. So the, one of the things NPCs had some funny lines. Raz was a likable main character. He yes, was always questioning. One of the things. only in the game. He was always rising, like seeking to rise to the next challenge. He was never overwhelmed or brought down by anything. He was like the plucky little protagonist that who could dislike Raz, and I appreciated that a lot. Yeah. If they had make made Raz unlikable, then the entire game would have been impossible to play but felt the need to give him some major emotional spiral there was no the to demonstrate undue the power emotional of... spiral none of that yeah. stuff he was just the protagonist and even you forget that he's 10 because he's the hero <laughs> of all of these adults he's Completely handling useless. himself with more maturity and discerning than most of these people that are 60 years his elder so on that front good job i think it was less well done and extensive than the previous game but there were some legitimately laugh out loud hilarious lines in this game it was less abundant but there was some legitimately funny things in there yeah well that's that's just because of the bent towards the preaching about mental health because they have to take it seriously it's so serious this is a very gravely serious issue yeah rise kind of served as a lot of comic relief during this stuff just because of how he was actually funny. He was actually funny. Yeah. <laughs> Lily. We got to at least give her some credit. She was funny too. Yeah. No, for sure. And by the way, a good, strong female character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's a little snotty too. Yeah. She's got some attitude. But it's not over not the top bad. to the extent that you hate her. Yeah. And she like basically saves her dad. Yeah. That was Brad a good job. do that stuff. Yeah. Good job, Lily. You're um, not only likable, but you're a very, very strong woman. South Park strong woman would be very proud um and the mental psyche construction in terms of the movement through them largely enjoyable and funny so the game show that one was really funny you had all these fruits and vegetables that were like celebrating being chopped up and blended and go oh man (laughs) look at me it's my time and then they'll say these like really weird dark hilarious things to you while you're going up to go either <laughs> boil them alive or cut them up or whatever that was yeah. super funny you had all these like psychedelic 
eyes, ears, and hands and stuff like that that were pretty funny. So I each individual psyche was actually really enjoyable. There's maybe one that I would have said wasn't as enjoyable. That there was plenty of things to enjoy about the story on the micro level, um, here and there, and for large swaths of the game. Okay, let's uh, let's wrap then. You think? Yep. Give I'm, our final takes. I'm ready to wrap. You can go first. Okay. Psychonauts 2 is a really confusing game for me. The issues I had with the first Psychonauts are almost completely reversed in the sequel. So the original Psychonauts struggle a lot with these like frustrating, bland platforming segments and really obnoxious puzzles. Psychonauts 2, on the other hand, had they've polished up a lot of these aspects really nicely. And it feels like what you'd expect a modern platform to feel like. That's great. On the other hand, the story, which I really liked in the first installment and really carried me through the entire game, has taken a turn for the worst. Um, I don't see a lot of redeemable qualities about this story, especially not after talking it through and realizing all the stuff RJ has brought to the table. It's really frustrating to have this stuff flip because going into Psychonauts 2, I felt confident the writing was going to be on point, just like the first one, and the fresh paint on the mechanics would polish it out. But that didn't happen. At the end of the day, it's still undeniable how creative this game is, and the same care and dedication that the original Psychonauts was crafted with is still very present in this game. And for that reason alone i have to recommend it if you can somehow extract the story from the game itself and just play the levels this is this is definitely a recommendation so yeah play it if you like platformers because it is a platformer not a great platformer but it's just it's so creative and then uh you know story take it or leave it and if you don't like dentistry, don't play it. Just this is a trigger warning for you because there's teeth in this game. I do not have a lot to say that departs from what Josh just said. I had a lot of negative to say about the first game. Unlike that first time around, all of my negative is pretty much confined to the story and one or two minor menu or ability tweaks. I think largely this game was incredibly enjoyable to play. When you're not uh, getting caught up in the large picture of the game, which doesn't really become prominent until the very end, each individual psyche is really fun to work with, gives you plenty of humorous material, interesting material, uh, character building material. And even though it's not particularly innovative or outstanding by any metric the platform is still thoroughly enjoyable to the degree that it's satisfying to collect things it rewards you psychologically and in game for it and it doesn't feel at any point except for maybe one or two that the game is really cheating you um, out of the effort that you placed into the platforming and into the combat i think that there's plenty in the gameplay to justify the money spent to get the game if it's on sale. I would be reticent to give this creator my money because of all of the heavy-handed commentary, but I think that it was a 
plenty enjoyable experience that I don't regret at all. Okay. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. That does it for us, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Before you go, I will once again remind you of our boy, the Hard Drive Sigma, over at harddrivesigma.com. He puts up some retrospectives, reviews, scattered thoughts, blog posts, and he puts up our content on there as well. So what he's helping gamer. us out. He is a huge gamer boy, and he's a big fat nerd. So if you ever have the time to check him out, go do so at harddrivesigma.com. Josh, take us out of here. Thanks for listening, guys. If you have any questions, thoughts, concern, any mean names you want to call us to hurt our psyche and make us cry, the email is deepfriedgamingpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday.